Welcome to the Garbage Pod. One pod, one load of garbage. There's something ripping curious about this broadcast. Visit Newton Haven, Britain's fourth most famous garden city. Famous for its gardens, fountains, roundabouts. Thirsty? Why not try Newton Haven's infamous Golden Mile pub crawl? One mile, 12 pubs. Please use alcohol responsibly. Hello everybody and welcome to this special edition of the Garbage Pod. You'll probably know by now, if you're a regular listener and a follower to our tweets and Facebook updates, that the World's End movie was predominantly filmed in Letchworth Garden City. And I thought it would be a good idea to follow the trail of the Golden Mile and visit different locations in the movie and other landmarks in the Garden City, as well as talking to local people that were involved in the filming. When I took this project on, I didn't realise how big the project was and it has taken over two months to bring together all the recordings, make arrangements to interview people and put the whole thing together. When I edited the different pieces together, I realised that there was enough content to spread this show over three episodes. Which is ironic because The World's End is part of a trilogy, the Cornetto Trilogy, with Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. So without meaning to, we've created our own Cornetto trilogy to do with the world's end. During the podcast, I will be referring to the character names of the main actors starring in the movie. So before we start, I will give you a rundown of who plays who. Firstly, we have Gary King, who is played by Simon Pegg. Then we have Andy Knightley, who is played by Nick Frost. Oliver Chamberlain is played by Martin Freeman. Stephen Prince is played by Paddy Considine. Peter Page is played by Eddie Marsden. And Oliver's sister, Sam Chamberlain, is played by Rosamund Pike. As part of this project, I realised that I had too much content to go in the show notes. So what I've decided to do is not put very much information in the show notes at all. But if you keep coming back to the Garbage Pod website, you will notice, when it's completed that is, that there will be a World's End tab on the main menu. And there you will find a dedicated page on the website for our journey. There are various locations in the World's End movie, including High Wycombe, St Albans, various places in London, and obviously the Elstree Film Studios, which are based here in Hertfordshire. The fictitious town of Newton Haven and the Golden Mile is actually made up of partially Welling Garden City and partially Letchworth Garden City. I've attempted to contact the powers that be in Welling, but I've had no response for them at all. Unlike Letchworth, where absolutely everybody embraced the project and was happy to come on board. I was very lucky to get one of the locations from Welling to speak with us, and all will be made clear about that as we go on. Even though a lot of the Welling locations did not come back to us, I'll give them a small mention because the Golden Mile won't be complete unless I have the first four pubs included, which were in Welling. As we travel along the Golden Mile, 
we will be speculating about what we think the names of the pubs represent. So let's get started with pub number one, the first post. This one should be fairly easy to work out. While of course the name refers to the fact that the pub used to be Newton Haven's first post office, as pointed out by Gary King, it most likely means simply that it's the first pub on the pub crawl. In reality, the first post is actually called the Pear Tree, and it's located on Hollybush Lane in Welling. Next up is the Old Familiar. The name either refers to the Starbucks treatment of local pubs or the arrival of Oliver's sister, Sam. I lean more towards the former because the Old Familiar's interior is exactly the same as the first post to show just how all the pubs are getting the Starbucks makeover to remove their unique rustic charms. Everything looks and feels the same, hence the old familiar. The second option could equally be true. The arrival of Sam brings out some old familiar feelings for Stephen, who has been in love with her ever since they left school. The same could be said for Gary, who also had a thing for her. The real old familiar is a Green King pub called the Doctor's Tonic and is located on Church Road in Welling. Pub number three is the famous Cock. The only thing that seems to connect the name of the pub to the plot in the movie is that in 1990, Gary was thrown out of the famous Cock for being a drunken lout and that ban still stands today. The boys are once again denied service because Gary King's reputation. He lives up to the name of the pub. Now, the famous Cock is actually a Stonegate Pub Company pub called The Cork, which is located in Howardgate in Welling. And I managed to get in touch with pub manager Darren Mills, but unfortunately he was not working at The Cork during the time of the filming. Although he did allow me to speak to another member of staff called Bobby who was there at the time. With me on the line, I have Bobby from the, the Cork in Welling Garden City, uh, which was used in the uh, World's End movie. Uh, it was pub number three on the Golden Mile, which was the famous cock. Uh, how you doing, Bobby? I'm okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. You were there for a little while during uh, the time that the film crew were there. What can you tell us about uh, what you saw? I saw a bit of the filming when yeah. they come up to the bar and he got barred and everything. <laughs> um, how long were they there for filming? I mean, it's three days they come in overall. Right, three days. So they completely took over for those three days, did they? Or? Uh, I think they took over for two days and then just around for one day. Did you actually get to see anybody? Yeah, we saw Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That's, that's pretty cool. So what did they actually do to the pub to, to make it different than um, what it actually looks in reality? We've got signs saying, like, serving breakfast and everything. They changed that to all, like, funnier signs, which is quite cool. <laughs> and they also changed the mirror at the back, and we still we still got the print on it saying the famous cock. Oh, right. So if, if any of my listeners were to think about taking the, the Golden Mile, they can actually come in and, and still see the mirror? Yeah, they can still see the mirror, yeah. Still got that. So where, where would that be located, beyond the bar or...? Uh, no, it's right at the back of the pub near a seating area. Have you had anybody coming in, um, actually taking on the, the Golden Mile, actually trying to cross off? 
a map? Yeah, it? we've had a, we've had a few groups, like young groups, come in to do like a few of the pubs. I don't think any of them made it to the twelfth one. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's it's a bit of a trek. Yeah, you'd be sober by the time you get to the last one. Well, thanks for speaking with us, Bobby. It was really nice to get one of the the well-in locations included in the podcast. That's brilliant. Thank you. No problem. Take Bye-bye. it easy. Bye. Darren also sent me a photo of the famous Cock Mirror, which I will put up on the website. The final pub in Wellin, and pub number four on the Golden Mile, is called The Crossed Hands. I think the reason why it's called The Crossed Hands is this is the first pub that we see our heroes actually work together as a team. Until this point, they have been mostly feeling sorry for Gary as they humour him on his childish adventure. But when their backs are against the wall, they cross hands to fight off the robots. It also represents the robot's method of attack, witnessed during the first fight scene in the movie. In reality, the crossed hands is the Parkway Bar on Parkway. Now the real journey begins. So join the Bullhawk and I as we head off in search of the world's end. Tonight we will be partaking of a liquid repast as we wend our way up the Golden Mile, commencing with an inaugural tankard in the first post, then onto the old familiar, the famous cock, the cross hands, the good companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, and the hole in the wall for a measure of the same, all before the last bittersweet pint in that most fateful terminus, the world's end. Are you ready, young sir? Let's boo-boo. We start our epic journey in Howard Gardens. Howard Park and Howard Gardens were originally opened in 1911. In November 2010, a £2.7 million project began to re-landscape and renovate the park and gardens. The project was officially opened on May the 26th, 2012. If we are lucky, we might see one of Letchworth's most famous inhabitants, a black squirrel, but judging by the, uh, the, the rain that's uh, trying to fall on us at the moment, we may not see one. <laughs> Probably very doubtful. <laughs> it's not just this area here that you see that was renovated. Uh, if, we ca- if we carry on going across the road, yep. uh, we come to the Mrs. Mrs. Howard's Memorial Hall, which was created after she died okay. uh, as a meeting place for women mainly at the time, families to get together, that kind of thing. Uh, which it never got finished, and in 2003, for the centenary of the of the Garden City, yep. they found the original plans and finished the job off. So oh, fantastic. it's now to the design that Ebenezer Howard had. So if we carry on walking in this direction, car further into the gardens. This is just the, the gardens part of it. They're keeping it as as, as natural as possible. Uh, there's a lot of um, heather and whatnot to entice butterflies and, and that kind of thing. It's not a very big garden. Our little statue of Sapphos. Um, it's in memory of uh, of Councillor Charles Francis Ball, who was uh, oh, very big in, in Letchworth. He uh, actually funded lots of different things uh, for the community and it's very well respected so they uh, this part of the garden is actually called the the ball gardens and it's actually if you come over here and why would the uh, statue be of a, a woman playing a harp well Sathos is a, was a greek goddess 
um, of um, prosperity and um, you know the the prosperity carries on the legend of legacy carries on in the garden city um, there is there's a picture here on this notice board that you can see him now for Charles Francis Ball and um, actually in this area here used to be a swimming pool oh wow an outdoor baths um, and it was actually fed the, the, it was naturally fed by if you come over here it was more of a, a more of a stream in those days but this is the Picks Brook and uh, the water from from here in its day yeah. used to feed used to feed the bars yeah but obviously the, the, the water's yeah, a little bit since then hence why it's not here anymore yeah. and now we have on the other side of town is the Lido uh, which is a uh, very important place during the summer months. <laughs> it gets absolutely packed when the weather's hot. I bet if it's an outdoor swimming pool then. Yeah. It's where you want to be in the heat, isn't it? So, so we are coming up to the first Garden City Heritage Museum, which you can see there on the, on the left. The museum tells the story of Letchworth, the first Garden City and its legacy. The museum explores the history of this unique town and its people and celebrates the incredible achievements of its founder, Ebenezer Howard. The museum is housed in a beautiful and unique 1907 arts and crafts thatched building designed by architect Barry Parker. The museum is actually closed to the public at the moment for renovation but reopening later this year is the International Garden City Exhibition and we hope to be covering the relaunch on the Garbage Pub. Right, so you can see the, uh, the better view building. Of the museum. It's beautiful, beautiful building. Absolutely. Uh, so actually, as you can see, it's got plastic panels on the window because it's got these um, rather ornate um, stained glass windows. You can see them at the top. Uh, well, so the plastics to protect them. As we pass through Howard Gardens, we'll be coming up to the Letchworth Bowling Green and Clubhouse which was uh, featured in the World's End movie. That would be the Smokehouse. It would indeed. Um, just got to get around this corner and we'll be able to, able to see it. Here we are at the Bowling Green. Yeah, I just have the uh, one memory from uh, this particular set or scene is uh, when they're hurtling over the fences and running across, across the, lawns. the lawns. I'm just thinking to myself, imagine what they'd be thinking if they uh, actually saw him doing that, tearing up their uh, bowling green. Yeah, they probably would have gone absolutely ape, <laughs> I would imagine, for, for that. But the actual smokehouse, I believe, is the little the building the on the black, right -hand black side shed there. at the end. Yeah. Uh, the other part, the main part of the clubhouse, is actually the the Howard Gardens Day Centre. Uh, it's mainly for old people, well, it's mainly old people that play green poles anyway. Yeah. I'm probably going to get a load of people saying that's not true. You know that there is others that play <laughs> green poles, but... <laughs> and it's also the, um, the Letchworth headquarters of the Royal British Legion. Oh, right, okay. So it houses quite a lot in those little buildings there. Yeah, very busy building. The, the lawn that you see uh, just past the, the fence uh, used to be 
a putting green. <laughs> a oh, little yeah. pitch and putt. Nice little putting green in the bottom. They used to go quite well together, didn't they? Yeah, but now it's just a uh, nice place to sit and relax. It's, as you can see, this has recently been uh, been done. As we cross over the road on uh, Hillshot, uh, you will see ahead of us the the memorial hall that I mentioned a few moments ago. Uh, yes, okay. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go around the other side. Yeah, gorgeous looking building from the exterior. As you can see, this part here uh, is the, the original building. Yeah. Because if you look at the tiles on the on the roof, they're quite old and you'll probably be able to see where the cutoff point is for the new part of the building as we go around you can see where the tiles yeah slightly newer not so, as much moss that's right and there's a sign there that says 2005 which is a dead giveaway yeah but, that always uh, helps as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the arts and crafts movement had an, a thing for big windows yeah and uh, this is no different to that kind of styling you're listening to the garbage pod where your input is our output so as we cross on the zebra crossing towards Blaze Avenue which was a multi-million pound renovation again for modernizing this shopping area the stone is um, it's York stone. All the way from York? Yep. And they're not cheap, these stones. <laughs> I'd imagine. If you go up to York and you look at York, York Minster, yeah. this is exactly the same kind of stone that was used to build the cathedral there. Even the coloration? Uh, yeah. Is that just kind of wearing? Yes, it's, it's designed, well, not designed, but it naturally changes to these weird and wonderful colour patterns um, through general wear and tear. What are we coming up to now? We are coming up to pub number five on the Golden Mile Trail. This is the Good Companions. <laughs> it's not actually a pub as you can see. For many years uh, this part here was a it's a sewing shop. It was disused for, for many years. It was called Wendy's until recently when it's now been converted into a, a cottage. I'm not too sure when it goes on the market. But as you can see, you've got the original arts and craft windows here. Yeah. Because it's got the plastic to cover, them. to cover them. And the people recently, the, the glaziers, have come in and they've made these double glazed versions which the workmanship is pretty on par with the original, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you would. They, they've done a really good job with this. It just needs, uh, up the top there, something to finish that boarding off. But uh, apart from that, it's looking absolutely marvellous. Did you have the, the map on you? Ah, oh, you've got it. You had me going I there for I a minute. Pre I came prepared, sir. If you look at the pub sign for the Good Companions on the show notes, you will see four sad faces following one happy face. This represents the mood of the main characters at this point in the movie. So now we're heading further down Lays Avenue until we come to pub number six. The Trusty Servant. 
I'm afraid the end is nigh. What? The world's end! What do you mean? You know what I mean. One night, five guys, twelve pubs, let battle commence. You want to try that again? Yeah, isn't that something you've always wanted? Not particularly, no. Look, we didn't make it before, but this time we are going to see it through to the bitter end, or lager end. So here we are at the, the trusty servant. Uh, this is the scene where Gary talks to the Reverend Green. Oliver returns from the restroom, not quite himself. If you look carefully at the pub sign for the trusty servant, you will notice that the character on the sign looks like the Reverend Green. Now the real trusty servant is a Weatherspoons pub and it's called the Three Magnets and it's to do with the, uh, the Three Magnets symbolism from the original Garden City. Uh, the three points representing town, country and town and country combined which is what they tried to achieve with the Garden City. Alright, so uh, shall we go in sir? I believe we should, I think it would be rude not to. <laughs> I wonder how many pints it would take for me to have a, a Gary King style selected memory. <laughs> You said someone else had a selective memory. Uh, who was that? Me. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been drinking? What have you been drinking? Um, so at this stage, my eyes had me. Half, <laughs> half a pint he's had, and he's already slurring his speech. Um, so this is going to be an interesting day. I think a bacon sandwich is in order. <laughs> I don't think they had any food in the, in the gap in the film. Oh, they didn't talk about it. They said they were going to. Oh no, hang on. They, they did. They had a bowl chips. of chips. They had a bowl of chips. So that's all you're allowed. Crichton, what are you doing, man? Oh, sir, I'm listening to the Garbage Pod. It's a podcast I found in the podosphere. So yeah, we're heading to the the corner of Lays Avenue and the East Cheap, where we come to pub number seven of the Golden Mile, which is called the Two-Headed Dog. And it's uh, called the Two-Headed Dog because? Well, we believe that the Two-Headed Dog reference is uh, connected to the identical twins uh, that are featured in the, in the pub. I'm not making any judgment on the uh, the looks of these two ladies, but um, <laughs> I don't know where the dog reference comes from. <laughs> if it was for the ladies, it was a little bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we get there, it's, we, we can literally see it, it's right in front of us. Yep. You will see a, an A-frame sign you can see it well you can see the a-frame sign yep. and this i think this is the one there may be another one um but it actually advertises the fact that this pub was featured as the two-headed dog in the movie let's have a look see not that one it might not be out today ah oh, there it is i can see it there you go so there is the two-headed dog sign. So the two-headed dog is actually a Stonegate pub, uh, company pub, called the Colonnade. 
and I recently met up with bar manager Paul Ward for a chat about the Colonnade's involvement in the film. Shall we uh, go inside? Yeah, let's. Right, I'm sitting in the colonnade in, in Letchworth and uh, with me I have uh, Paul Ward who's the, uh, what is your official uh, role? General or? manager, General official, manager. basically the boss of the pub. <laughs> and um, why I'm sitting here is because the colonnade was actually used as one of the pubs featured in the World's End movie. Um, it's pub number Seven, I think. Wasn't yes, it? number seven, two headed um, dog. I've, I've already told the listeners uh, a little bit about uh, the actual scene uh, that took place in here and um, why we think it's called the two headed dog because each pub name seems to have a reason why. The, the, I've been told there is one, I don't know what any of them are officially, but. Uh... Now, we believe that the two headed dog has a reference to the twins. Yes, the. The garden, well, but I can't actually speculate the fact or say that's what we've been told. No comments. <laughs> it's too too dangerous. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you were here during the during the filming. Yes, yeah, I was here. I was here right from when they started scouting the location. Oh, really? And I wasn't actually on site the first time they came in, and my one of my assistants told me about it, and they all know I'm a big film buff, so I I thought to start with that they were. They were just winding me up or something, <laughs> or maybe it was a student film because they didn't really give me many details about any of the official names, or whatever. Uh, I don't even know if they knew them at the time. Mm -hmm. But they told me about it, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, fine." We'll pass it over to um, to the people at head office to deal with that sort of stuff. And, 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 and um, it was only when they came back. Uh, well, they came up two more times since then before I was here, and then I was here one time. And they came back, and I was sort of saying, "Who is it that's?" What company is it? Who's who's going to be in it? Is it going to be a film that we does, I'm going to be seeing at the cinema? Uh, and said it's Edgar Wright, and I'm like, well, like the the Edgar Wright, he's he's going to be doing a film in my pub. Amazing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, from that point on, it was I was uh, rather keen, shall we say, to have it happening. I can imagine, yeah, because Edgar Wright um, puts everything into his movies, so it's yeah, it's certainly uh, worth. Um, having him on board in Letchworth, um, definitely. I mean, it was the whole town centre was was as helpful as was physically possible. Pretty much, they shut down the high street for I don't know how long. They shut down pretty much most of Letchworth at one point or another. Were shut down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Doing bits and pieces of filming, um, and just just finding space for them to put all their all the lorries and vans and stuff like that. Everyone was just so so wanting to help. Sometimes you think to yourself. It was kind of a blessing to have a couple of empty shops because they needed the space to put things in. Um, but it's never good to have empty shops. But it, it was good for for that reason. No, I mean the empty shops they used were there was one down the outskirts that was the um, oh, I can't remember the name of what that one was. Which the same road as the maintenance is on. Down yeah, there. that that was that Lazy Avenue. Yeah, um, the one down there. That was the old. Was. It used to be an old sewing shop. Yeah, and they they they, t they changed that quite dramatically it actually looked quite good I'm surprised somebody didn't try and take it over as a pub at that point it did look like a really old fashioned pub didn't yeah. it I, I saw it and I didn't have my camera with me at the time went back the next day to try and take a photograph it was back to normal again yeah they took like, everything wow. down <laughs> it's like the, like the inside here they they changed 
so many things. Obviously, the TVs and stuff came out because they wanted a bit more old-fashioned mm -hmm. style look. But on the on the raised area where we're sitting, they put a different backing wall up to change the style of it because this is the bit where they were sitting down having their their drunken conversation before they went outside. Oh, um, yeah. So it's that just um, just over the windows behind them over there, and they just changed pretty much the shape of that section of the pub, and they moved around all the signs and officially what's what was the door to the um, to the disabled toilets that they had appearing at one point oh, yes, was yes. actually the the door to our to our cello and stuff down there <laughs> and the door to the I think it was the door to the toilets they turned into the, the access to the to, to the beer garden which unfortunately we don't really have in the real world except the, your beer garden was around the corner that's on, right it was behind Baker Brothers yeah, it? yeah that's right I set it up down there but I would, I would, I would love that beer garden it looked so nice that was the one thing that if made me really the, upset when I saw it. I, was like, I want it. If you see the reality of it, it's not so nice. It's no, a dump, but dumping grounds, really. Yeah, well, it's a bit area, so yeah. <laughs> but it, it, they made it look really nice, though. Even oh, if it was yeah, just a few potted plants and, and decking and stuff yeah. like that, and they knocked that out quite quickly as well. If I ever do get a beer gun, I'll get them to make it really quickly. <laughs> These um, props and set people, they they work so hard. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we on the days where they did the filming, we handed over at about. They got here about three o'clock, and about half three, we officially handed over the site, and we didn't have any, didn't do any more trade, and gave the site over to them, and the place was transformed. I mean, they started filming on the first day. They started filming at seven o'clock. They're running a little bit late, and I think in the second one, because they had a few bits that they left over, it was done by like five o'clock, and the place looked completely different. <laughs> I mean, they completely, they completely changed big chunks of it. And they restocked the back bar to make it more in keeping with everything. And obviously, they had to have their own products on because of um, legal copyright issues, copyright, and, and stuff like yeah. that. So they had all their, pro their own products, but they, they did all of that in the space of two or three hours. Mm -hmm. I know from experience when we've when I've done, had a refurb here that it took me to put everything just just put everything back when I knew exactly where it was going and what was <laughs> happening at where it had been before. It took me with as many people about three times that long. So they, they do work they, fast. Yeah. If I have another refit, I'll get them back for that as well. We wanted to try and get some memorabilia, and they were really protective of, of a couple of bits and pieces. Like on the, the pump clips was the one where just like we're counting them in, we're counting them out, we take them away with us when we're not here. Every movie company, every production company has their own stock of things that they can use um, at any other any other time. Um, so they. It, it does cost them a lot of money to make these things, so I'm sure, I'm um, sure. to keep them for other occasions, keep the budget down for future yeah. movies. Yeah, have Crown and Glory so. appearing again for the uh, <laughs> for those in the know. Yeah, you will get some movie buffs will go. That's, that's, from, that's from that one. That's from, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It was really good for the town, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, did, definitely. Did you get any? tourists coming in after the launch? We have. I mean, when, we f when it first came out, we had a lot of the locals were doing the, the Letchworth limited edition version of the of the, um, the Golden Mile. Yeah. But since then, we've had... See, I don't know exactly how many, because some of them just turn up, some of them phone in advance and just check what's actually here, because it's obviously a di bit different to what's in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know we've had, we've had like four or five groups of uh, between six and a dozen people who've like phoned up and said, we're going to be coming in what do you guys do? Where are you? Are you easy to find? This, that, and the other. Uh, and we've had maybe twice that many that have just turned up in small groups. So they'll, they'll do the welling bit. They normally do the welling part first. Yeah. Um, welling Garden City, and then get a train up here to do the Letchworth part. 
and then uh, yeah, so because we're quite across from the station, they'll come out of the station, say it's the two minute drive, we come straight yeah. in, and it's it's been really nice, and it's been so much fun as well, just for the entire town. And I I think it'll be something that will carry on because you've got fans of the Edgar Wright films, and you will get people that haven't had the opportunity to come now but at a later date they will yeah. they will come I mean I'm expecting when the DVD's released that there'll be a, a, a little burst. bit of a, a boost again <laughs> of people coming I've, I've heard a rumour that Edgar Wright's supposed to be coming back into town to do um, just a, a I suppose a little meet and greet of, of all the people and yeah. all that sort of stuff and I'm guessing that'll be around that sort of time I, I think it will be uh, around that time I I um, I managed to get uh, Jason Valentine to confirm that that is true. Uh-huh. Edgar Wright is coming back. Um, there's supposed to be some other cast members, but he wouldn't say. Who. I suppose they've all got their own stuff going on, so it depends. Yeah, on I mean, Martin or... Freeman, he's got Sherlock coming up, so. Um... Oh, another series of that? Good. <laughs> uh, oh, he's done all the Hobbit stuff now. Yeah, he's filmed all that. So, yeah, he's going to be concentrating on promoting Sherlock, I would imagine, so it might be a bit busy for him. Um, I don't know what. Um, Nick and Simon have got coming up, uh, but um, see. we'll have to see who comes. Yeah. It might be one of the one of the others, um, which would be nice, nice because obviously Simon and Nick get most of the the limelight. Yeah, but the others, Eddie Marsden, Marsden, Eddie Marsden, yeah. Marston. I always get his surname. I always pronounce it wrong. Uh, <laughs> Eddie, he's in so many things, yeah. and he's such a familiar face, and. I'm so, it's terrible because I'm a big film buff and they said his name and I knew the name but I couldn't put a face to it until he turned up and he, and he appeared and I was like oh that's it that's who it is and he's in so many things that I've, I've noticed him since and go, oh that's him and I recognise him now well I saw him last year when I was at Stoke Mandeville uh, for the Paralympic torch launch oh, okay. um, because he played um, the, the man who invented the Paralympic Games uh, okay. in, in a BBC documentary, a drama documentary, so he was oh, there, so, that, there so, a, oh, so I saw him there and if I'd have known, that was that was in August last year, if I'd have known he was going to be in yeah, this, in Letchworth, yeah, yeah. I would have spoke to him then. Spoke yeah. to him then. <laughs> well, it, it, it was, I suppose in full films they keep it quite tight to the vest until um, until everything's confirmed, they can actually start filming just to stop the rumours flying. That's right. Yeah. I remember the, the first, as soon as I knew what his name was, the, the next thing I watched I think was the uh, the Snow White remake they did um, yes, yes, yes. with him, be, with him, and Nick Frost actually was one of the was one of the dwarfs, wasn't he? And I remember seeing them and going, ah, "I'm going to see them in real life sometime soon." Nick Frost doesn't he move? He really does. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think. I say this nicely. He, he's not exactly the sort of person you'd expect to be moving at that speed. He's, um, but he's he's really tough in the film as well because yeah. he's like plays like somebody who used to play rugby and really tough or whatever. And, the, and then and when it gets to the, the fighting scene, the, the choreography. Yeah, I wasn't expecting unbelievable. that. It's that's something new as well. Cause, I mean, in Shaun of the Dead, there was little bits of it, but not the quite the same scale. I mean, the the first fight scene in the toilet mm. with the blank, the five blanks and the five, four, and however many were four, the, the four, four blanks. Because Eddie, oh, that's right, hides in the, the toilet, yeah. the toilet yeah. and the four of them. And it was <laughs> when I saw that first, I was at the premiere in London. I was just sat there and I was like. It was it was completely unexpected, but it was so well done, and and just so different. And see, some of the work there was close up, so it wasn't actually stunt doubles. That was actually no. Them I mean, doing that, it, it would be the, the way it was doing it. It was filmed so close up 
it couldn't have been it cut back and forth yeah. a lot between different bits but I bet there was a few bruises going around oh, yeah. on those days but there, was a, there sure was a homage to or homage should I say <laughs> to um, the likes of the Matrix and films of that yeah calibre. very very martial arts and, <laughs> yeah but the one thing they didn't do was any wire work no that would have been uh, yeah over the top a bit but that, the films are generally uh, tongue in cheek anyway so oh yeah they've always got a little bit of uh, <laughs> a nod to everyone so they always have I mean if you go back to their days in, in spaced uh, yeah, yeah I remember that bit in, in the Shaun of the Dead where they yeah. bump into the, the other group that's doing the same, same thing, thing. With, with the the woman that was in space with him, who's Jessica uh, Stevenson. That sounds think, right. Yeah, yeah. I when think, they so bump into her, and they've got all the all the other characters. That, like, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> and they're and they're all like carbon copies of each other, not each other. Right. Go yeah, I remember that. You got tickets to the premiere. Yes, I got one for me and uh, one for my area manager, who was here at the time. Um, there weren't there weren't many going by the sounds of it, but uh, I sort of. I begged and pleaded, and they gave me and sent us a couple in the end. And it was it was so good to see it. It was a fantastic event. It was a blue carpet, not red carpet, which surprised me. But well, I'm guessing it's easy to clean or something. But well, when you think about it, what colour is the blood from the blanks? Uh, I hadn't thought about it that much in advance. <laughs> Obviously, when I went in was when I was thinking about it. I hadn't seen by then that it was going to be blue blood and stuff. So, uh, no, that's clever. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, we went in and um, they had a lovely little, um, I don't know what it's called, a little um, lecture, I suppose, at the front about about um, why they chose Letchworth and a bit about the film, you know, they'd go right up there. And then all of the other um, main actors came up and sort of took a bow and said hello and um, did a little bit of a hope you enjoy it, so on and so forth, and then started the film and it was... It was so strange. I was alternating between looking at looking at all the locations that I knew so well. Uh, obviously, even before we got to the pub, which I know inside out. And then I was, and I was sort of spending some time focusing on the storyline, and I get to another bit that I recognised, and I'd be like, I get really excited, and um, yeah. So I had to go and watch it again in the end. Oh, that was another nice thing about the American. They gave us out. There was like a cornetto given out to everyone who went in. Yeah. That would, like, that would have been nice if they had special wrapping on there. It would. They they didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, I was. I've been told since that apparently they've done a trial a while ago for some for some um, ultraviolet cornetos or something silly like that. One of my, I don't know if that's true or not, but I've been told by one of my bar staff that they that they had a, a sample glow thing where, where there's glow in the dark cornetos. Apparently they were trialing. Wow. I don't. I'm I'm not sure if he's just. <laughs> If they'd done them, I'd have thought they'd done them for the for, for the showing. The, for the film, but yeah. I don't know. So watch this space. You may have glow in the dark cornetto soon. <laughs> and the other the other one. thing I've noticed, and I've only just realised it when I was writing some stuff down, the characters in the film mm-hmm. they're all to do with um, royal household members. So you've got Gary King, yeah, Andy Knightley, Knightley, yeah. You've got uh, Stephen Prince. Yes, Steve, you've yeah. got uh, Oliver Chamberlain. Okay, the Chamberlain. And yeah. Peter Page. Yeah, Page oh, would Page, be yeah, Page Boy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm like, ah, yeah. all oh, they relate to King. Yeah. But see, if you look at the the relationship between Gary and Stephen, the um, they were kind of similar. They're always after the same girls. Yeah, so there's a bit but of rivalry the there. You're always going to be the prince. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> no, that's quite clever. I like that. 
Oh, I learned, I'm learning new stuff all the time. <laughs> and it, I mean, I'm, I'm guaranteed I'll get it on DVD and I'll be finding out even more stuff all I'm the time. Sure, I'm sure. They'll have the usual extras and things on their shows. One thing that Edgar Wright makes sure uh, that there's loads of extras yeah. on there. And there's normally yeah. a, a, a diary. Uh, yeah, diary, diary. Yeah, so you, you might even be in that. I oh, I don't know of any time I was being filmed, it, but I might have been. I was in the background for loads of this piece in the first one doing the filming here. So you Maybe. might be. Be nice. Be interesting. I'll just be. In, I'm I mean, not in the film, but I'm in the extras. Yeah. <laughs> good enough. That's good enough for me. I mean, oh, I had, I had such a good time doing it. I really did. I can imagine. I mean, when when I approached you uh, the other week and yeah. said we were doing this, your eyes kind of lit up as to say. I want to talk about this. Yeah, it was, it was so much. I mean, I, I said before, I'm a massive film buff. I have been for years and years and years, and I, and equally much, I've always loved Simon Pegg's work, Nick Frost, when they were back in, from when they were in space right the way through, and to have the opportunity to have them here and to actually meet them, even if it was only in passing whilst they're doing this piece of filming, was so That's right. so nice. I mean, for me, it's um, for myself personally, it's a, it's a coming of age movie because. The characters in the film are just approaching forty. Yeah, and I've partly midlife just, crisis. I've just partly, yeah. just approached forty myself, so I'm like, I can relate to this <laughs> in a big way. As we've got family, we all settled down. Uh, we don't want to do and anything. And there's one that doesn't really want doesn't want to grow up. Yeah, and that's and, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm, I suppose being a pub manager is the same for me in, in a way that <laughs> lots of my friends have got kids and this, that, and the other, and I, I still. I still do the pub trade because it's fun and I have a bit of, a, bit of enjoyment and I get some money out of it. Well, uh, thanks for talking with us, Paul. Not a problem at all. It's, uh, it's actually really nice to relive, relive the glory days, <laughs> as it were, from when they were here. Brilliant. Thanks very much. No problem. See you soon. They've got a um, World's End picture on the, on the wall there. So, would you want to partake in? <laughs> do you want? Um, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'll have a point on Carlsberg. I think Lisa. Yeah, please. That's what I did. Yeah. And I'm going to go with. Because we've been. You're going to go with that one? No. No, I'm not going to go with that one. Which is quite a good name for a beer. I'll have, I'll have that one. Um, Which one? That one. I'm going to have that one. Oh, the SS Great Britain. Because oh, my recent trip to Bristol. Yeah, good idea. Nice one. Thank you. And can I have a for SS Great Britain, please? Fresh from the bilge pump, that is. Yep. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> Straight out of Bristol Harbour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where it looks it. <laughs> That's it, thanks. Thank you. We're back. Just like the five musketeers. Three musketeers, isn't it? Four if you count D'Artagnan. Well, nobody knows how many there were, really, do they, Pete? I mean, history is a sketchbook. I, you do know that the Three Musketeers is a fiction, right? Written by Alexander Dumas. A lot of people are saying that about the Bible these days. What, that it was written by Alexander Dumas? <laughs> Don't be daft, Steve. It was written by Jesus. Anyway, five sounds much better. I think they missed the trick only having three, because if they'd have five, then two could have died, and they still have three left. We're we there, yeah? So now we're heading down East Cheap in search of pub number eight, otherwise known as the Mermaid. Uh, we're not that far from it now, I can actually see it in front of us. 
And so just as we come up to uh, the left of us here, uh, which is now a pound stretcher, it used to be the fire station. This used to be our, our fire station. Yeah, but it's moved to New Digs, obviously. Uh, Hitchin. Ah, right, okay. Or Bulldog, depends which one comes out first. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody wanted to build a show. <laughs> um, and also, just coming up to the left of us, uh, yes, this yes. is the, the offices of our friends at Love Letchworth and Lee Boswell. Uh, who uh, we met at the uh, Letchworth Food Festival. Oh, yeah, and it says town centre manager. Yep. So, here we are. We are Walking now... in the same direction as in the film as well. Exactly. I, I tried to um, conduct the route in a, in a similar fashion, actually analysing the movie <laughs> yeah. to try and work it out. We've done a good job there. <laughs> The Mermaid is Newton Haven's only nightclub and during a school disco party night Gary, Andy and Peter get lured by the marmalade sandwich girls, two blondes and a redhead. If you look carefully at the mermaid pub sign you will see that there are three mermaids, two blondes and one redhead ready to seal the doom of passing sailors. Now. The real Mermaid nightclub is actually the Broadway cinema in Letchworth and I recently caught up with Broadway manager Jason Valentine for a chat. Shall we uh, pop in? Yeah. Yeah, let's go through this one. So I'm, I'm standing here in the middle of the, the Mermaid pub or otherwise known as the Broadway cinema in uh, in Letchworth and with me I have Jason Valentine who's the uh, the manager of the Broadway uh, cinema hello Jason hi how you doing not too bad yourself yeah very good thank you um, so you had quite a, a big involvement when the uh, Hollywood came to uh, came to town yes uh, we did the, the, the Broadway was involved with the filming at some uh, at some early stages and then obviously uh, the, the we we hosted the um, the midnight performance, our first screening of The World's End, so it was good to be part of the beginning and then obviously the end of the film, which was good stuff. So how far in advance did you actually know that the Broadway was going to be uh, involved? Um, probably six months after the initial filming, you know, right at the beginning, six months, and then the film came out, so it was... Uh, yeah, it was good. It, I didn't obviously know the dialogue of the film, but uh, when, when they, they, they said they wanted to use the uh, cinema for... Uh, a couple of film shots. Um, that's when we started getting an idea what was happening. For, for people not in the know, the, the actual Broadway and uh, the part that it played in, in the movie, the, the Mermaid Pub, uh, well, I suppose you can call it Pub Stroke Nightclub, really. Yeah. Uh, without trying to spoil the plot too much, it was when the guys discovered that something was a miss, really, uh, and then it was the like a crescendo up to the, the big finale. I know, obviously, you had the, the the front redone with the signage, and that. How much transformation had to be done um, for the for the film set? You, pro it was probably two shots they had to do, and it was two evenings from eleven o'clock till six in the morning to get everything ready. But the actual, with all the wires, the lighting, but the actual sh set itself with. Um, 
with the, uh, the, the backdrops they used and the lights coming through it, it didn't take that long um, but uh, when you see the film you, 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 get an, you definitely get the idea it's the Broadway cinema because as you come into the cinema and as they leave the cinema um, you, you actually notice the, uh, the, the front of the cinema and, and, and the stairs and things there's the one thing I noticed uh, when I came to see the film, uh, and you're not going to get this anywhere apart from in Letchworth, uh, which I thought was a very nice touch, and it was great of the of the crew to actually do, was the the little film that they they made for you before the film started. Um, yeah, what what what, what happened is uh, originally they were um, talking about coming back. Um, once the film was released and due to their uh, busy schedules it became difficult to meet the deadlines so uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg um, produced that um, I don't know, 35 second um, shot for us for the people of Letchworth and the people who visit the Broadway Hello Letchworth <laughs> I'm Simon Pegg, I'm Edgar Wright and I'm Nick Frost and you are about to watch our new film The World's End in the fabulous Broadway cinema which doubles for pub number 8 the Mermaid. This means you are actually in the movie. It's a 4D experience. We really hope you enjoy. Cheers! Cheers. Not but love for your lech. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea being now they'll be back in the autumn for um, another Q&A session with the Broadway. Oh, great, because I, I had heard rumours that they were coming back later on in the year. It, it's definite, is it? Yes, they, they, they've confirmed autumn. It's just um, they're confirming deadlines on, on what dates and things. So we, we'll be planning stuff leading up to that, maybe a trilogy of films, I, I don't know, or, or something on those those realms. And um, then, obviously, the Q&A session before, again, the World's End f uh, finale. That would be great if uh, to, to show the, the whole... Cornetto trilogy it would would be uh, um, and with the Q and A and and um, it would be similar to the Hot Fuzz one uh, where it's, yeah I, I believe so I, I mean on the Hot Fuzz we had it, it was Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright but cast wise I don't know who will be at this one uh, it may be more right um, but again I, I think that it was just a, a way of saying thank you to the people who you know helped with the filming in Letchworth and and also to the residents of Letchworth. They, why they want to come back right. um, yeah definitely yeah thanks for talking with us Jason it's, it's been an actual pleasure to to meet you good stuff good stuff thank right. you very much cheers so as you can see the cinema is uh, art deco yeah and uh, four screens as well which you wouldn't imagine in such a the way the building's put together you wouldn't expect there to be four screens it never originally had four screens it had four it's, it's only recently that it's actually had four screens installed and one of those is 3d oh fantastic so um it's all good uh, they have open days where you can come in and have a look to see how the projections work and all that kind of stuff okay um and as i say in, in letchworth uh, because it's um funded by the heritage foundation there is subsidized ticket sales and um, every weekday evening it's five pounds for a ticket, which is yeah, that's fantastic. Pretty damn good. Those prices, absolutely. But uh, oh, I never noticed that before that they had a lift. I never noticed it. Ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I suppose they have to have one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, here we are in the Mermaid, and as you can see on the wall there, they've got the the world's end posters still. <laughs> 
Um, we're very proud, very proud of the fact that uh, Letchworth was chosen to be one of the locations for the film. Yeah, some great locations that they picked as well. Yeah, excellent. So now? Now on to the next pub. The V Hot Inn. Actually, should we... Uh, Which one do you? Do you want to do a picture in here? Oh, what, over the top of the, uh, yeah, if we can. Broadway, without standing in there. Do you want to scooch over a bit if you can? You're listening to The Garbage Pod. With Mark Taylor. And Adri Ballhawk Mallows. There's only one place to be. Garbage pod. We now take a little detour from the Golden Mile in search of a landmark that features at the start and end of the film. I've not actually been this way, or well, I have on a bus, um, so I've not actually walked it, so I was a little bit uh, dubious about finding it. But uh, no, we'll be alright. We've both got GPS. That we have. <laughs> Cross here, and then cross again. No, they'll only come this way round. It's a one-way system. Uh, right, okay, well you still have to look both ways. <laughs> In <laughs> theory, me. they should only come this way. <laughs> yeah, but you never know. <laughs> Many of the cases, even if it's a cyclist. Crossing. Crossing. Okay. Got that way. Which way? What's about in it's gonna change when there's no traffic. No. Oh I didn't know that was there. Mind you I don't come down this way very often. Oh right, yeah, church. Another church. We've got loads of churches. There's one over there as well. <laughs> well, you'd expect it from uh, a place of well, there was a lot of spiritual means in the, in the Garden City, being a Quaker town to start off with. Yeah. And it was a place of, um, how can I put it, higher thinking. There was a lot of philosophy and things went on here. So people used to spend a lot of time thinking, therefore religion came into things quite heavily. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to go straight down the middle of yeah. this. This is where we are standing now. Uh, some people call it Broadway Gardens, some people call it Centenary Gardens, some people call it Kennedy Gardens. This is the middle. <laughs> Just that the pathways don't go down the middle of it. Right. But, uh, this is obviously straight run into... If you, if you go across the grass... Yeah. So we're in the middle of uh, Kennedy Gardens right now. Now if you follow that route all the way down, you will see a very familiar route to the film. Absolutely. Yep. That's a straight run down there towards another one of the pubs, which we'll come to. Yep. But if we go... After we've crossed off <laughs> the landmark. 
So this is really unusual for me. Last time I well, normally when I come to this part, um, this piece of ground is used for special events and festivals and carnivals and fairgrounds and we have all kinds of things going on here. So we're going past a, a lovely water feature at Kennedy Gardens. There's one thing we do well the in that. The water beach nearly became a proud owner of two children. <laughs> <laughs> one thing we do well in Letchworth, and that is... Baptism? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> water features, we do them really well. Now this, believe it or not, this is classed as a roundabout. Yeah, that makes sense, considering it's a big old roundabout. It's a, it's a multiple exit square. Or? A multiple exit plaza. For those familiar with the film, is it two isosceles triangles that make up a rhombus? <laughs> <laughs> it's a polygon of some description. <laughs> it's a big ass roundabout like Church Square in Aylesbury. That's what it is. Um, Church Square. Yeah, That's uh, South Court. Yeah, there's yep, a church yep, on the yep. middle, yeah. Where everyone does their driving lessons. Yeah, pretty much. Aha, uh -huh, I know the one. <laughs> so we're now, we're back on Broadway. So that wasn't a cue for me to bring up how many driving lessons you had around that way. Uh, loads. <laughs> but luckily, I started taking mine in Light and Buzzard instead. <laughs> and how did that work out? Not that well, to be honest. <laughs> as you can see, as you head down Broadway, the houses are starting to get bigger. A bit bigger. Yeah. yeah. So would these be more of your classic circa 1905, 1907 building competitions or are these more later these builds? These are more towards your 1920s, 1930s, middle class. Some beautiful houses, they're beautiful detached houses. It's quite a nice little walk. This I feel like we should be holding hands and skipping. <laughs> you see, I've, I don't know if you've noticed this, but even in the newer parts uh, where they've renovated in the town centre, they've got uh, tree saplings growing. Right. Uh, every street, pretty much every street in Letchworth, has got trees growing it. This is a proper avenue because avenues are supposed to be tree lined. Really? Yeah. How come? I don't know. That's what makes an avenue different to any other kind of street. That's that's what defines an avenue. It's tree line. Oh right. Okay. Although hmm, a lot of avenues I know of are not tree. -line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these houses down here, you're not going to get much change out of. Well, probably a couple of mil, I would say. <laughs> yeah. These are big houses. Yeah. And then you've got people who are smart with their money when you look at the cars out front. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got and the people, got the people with the BMWs. And the <laughs> yeah, that's it. How did I afford this house? I go to work on a bike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but beautiful houses. That's the kind of, that's, that's when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm older. Once everything's gone okay, as it should do, hopefully with the rights, and that's the kind of style that I want to be living in. But only in a suburb of New York somewhere. You see, the thing is, round here, um, so a lot of people, if you say, oh, I'm from Letchworth, and they go, oh, you're from Letchworth, and they think of this, this part of Letchworth. Right, right, yeah. Not right. like... Your part of Letchworth. Taylor Towers. Taylor uh, Towers. 
<laughs> Brilliant. So, we're nearing the end of the uh, avenue. Yeah, the Broadway. And it uh, means we must be coming on something rather special from the film. Yeah, I can sense something coming along. Spider senses are uh, tingling. Not the irritable bowel again then. No, it'll be the vibration on my phone. <laughs> the reason why you can hear traffic noise down here is because this is a multiple exit rotary junction or a traffic roundabout. But it's not just any old traffic roundabout. Adri, what does it say on that sign over there? It says, UK's first roundabout built circa 1909. That's right, Letchworth is famous for being the home of the first roundabout in Great Britain. It also tells you which way you're supposed to be going round it on the other side, just for reference. <laughs> <laughs> the original town plan of Letchworth Garden City, drawn up in 1904 by Barry Parker and Raymond Unwin, there was a point that dissected three roads. Solashot East, Solashot West, Broadway and Spring Road. Uh, at the point at which they converged, Parker and Unwin drew up a detailed plan of a circular traffic island called Solashot Circus. Circus meaning circle. That's why circus tents are round usually. <laughs> And this was all done in July 1908. In the world's end, it's the first landmark you see in Newton Haven. And when Sam and the boys are trying to escape the burning apocalypse towards the end of the film, she drives straight over the middle of Solashot Circus. When you see the, the sign in the film and how I saw it, it almost looks like the sign's actually on one of the exits from the roundabout rather than actually being slap bang in the middle of the roundabout. Yeah. I think they've just moved everything over so that you can there's enough room for a stunt driver to get a car <coughs> through the middle of it. You mean it wasn't the actress? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're getting uh, back actually into town. Yep, we certainly are. Back into Broadway Gardens. Yep, or as I say, Kennedy Gardens, Centenary Gardens, depending on your age. <laughs> Kennedy Gardens? Yeah, don't ask me why Kennedy Gardens. I think they named it after him when he died. Oh, right, okay. Like other things, like the John F. Kennedy pub. Yeah. Not quite the same as the John F. Kennedy school I went to. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to bring that up. Yeah, well, if you mention John F. Kennedy, it's very difficult not to mention my old One of my teachers used to work there before he went came to Aylesbury. Really? Yeah. His name was um, Mr. Lee. He was a science teacher. Oh, right. Brian, Brian Lee. I was hoping his name was going to be Bruce. When yeah, I saw his name come up, he said Mr. B. Lee, B. Lee. Lee. I was like, oh, please, please be Bruce Lee. Of course, it wouldn't really have been possible, though, because surely at that point he would have been assassinated. I know, but I should go that way around, I think. Well, obviously, the assassination being a uh, conspiracy twist, but he was just. But then again, one of my old bosses, when I used to work with my dad, one of the, the bosses um, who started there, uh, just after I did, so it was, this one. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a new boss, and I saw his name on the paperwork, and it had R. Kelly, right? That is awesome. Then I found out his name was Reg. <laughs> Reg Kelly doesn't quite have the no, same no, roots. Not, not quite the same as R. Kelly, no. <laughs> 
give you that. <laughs> so we come to the end of the first part of our In Search of the World's End trilogy. Join us again soon as the Golden Mile Trail meanders ever nearer to our Holy Grail. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of The Garbage Pod. Visit www.thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode of The Garbage Pod or TGP Extra. Just look for the Garbage Pod show section in the menu. While you're on the website, why not have a nose about? You can find a little bit more about me and the rest of the crew and find out what's going on in the podosphere by reading the blog and much, much more. Let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com Because your input is our output. Or you can use the social media icons at the top of the website, which include Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to subscribe to the show, you could do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and now Stitcher On Demand Radio. If you look on the right-hand side of the show's page, the blog, or even the video vault, You'll see a little button there that says Donate. If you like what we do and you feel that you could give us a little something just to help us out a bit, we would be most appreciative. And don't forget, spread the word. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you again soon. Take care. The Garbage Pod is a Spamhead production.